episode 207 of the Witty and Gritty podcast. I am here with my lovely co-host, Farron. And I am here by my bestie, Brooke. Hooray! It's us. And we are in the fourth episode of our Colossians mini-series featuring Colossians. (laughs) (laughs) It's been colossal. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so... Paul wrote this from prison to a church in Colossae, and his friend started the church. Paul doesn't know these people directly, but he is cheering them on, praying for them, and giving them wise advice in a world full of being pulled in the wrong direction. Colossae sounds very fancy. It's right up there with charcuterie. (laughs) (laughs) Duvet. What other? Something in French. French words. Genre. (laughs) Anyway, what are we here talking about? I don't know anymore. Okay, first, I took three. a semester of French, though. <laughs> that wasn't for me. <laughs> that wasn't for me. The spelling is definitely crazier than Spanish. I can't even spell in English, so English there's that. Hard. Okay, so, we're in chapter three. Again. As you know, yes. Yeah. So you've hopefully done your homework, read chapters one through three, and bonus round three, twice as nice. Do you think anybody predicted what our next Fave five verse was going to be. Ooh, I well, it let's is... give them just like okay, 10 seconds. So, thinking back, looking over chapter three, which verse do you think we're about to talk about? Yeah, four more seconds. You know what? We may have already said it, but if they, <laughs> I don't think I did, maybe they I skipped in chapter three. 30 seconds. Oh, you're right, because they they're like, we know it's broken fair. Yeah, don't yeah. skip, guys. That's why our intros are like 15 seconds. You now. missed a good discussion on the word Colossae. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Farron, what verse are we in today? We are on 317. Hey-oh, you may have heard it, because it is kind of a classic, and we're tying it to another classic. But if you haven't, we're happy to be the first. Hooray! All right, hit him with the NLT. Okay, verse 317. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And the ESV says... In whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Ooh, if you struggled last week with some word stuff, this will be good a good reiteration of, again, watch your mouth. Ooh, that came out a little <laughs> harsh. Is it because, okay, I'm so sorry. No, it was necessary. Should I smile? Watch your mouth. Yeah. Friends? Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Can't it, help but think of the usually... Will Smith. Keep your my wife's name out of your mouth. Watch your mouth. Okay. Sorry if I yeah. Someone needed to hear it that way. It's me. Oh stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I like how it says just whatever you say or do. So back in the day when you served the ch- when you were serving the Lord, you actually served in the church. So then well, what do all the other people do? If we're farmers or if we're whatever, what do we do? So this is just saying whatever you do. It doesn't matter. If you if your job is to peel potatoes, you be the best potato peeler. That plays really nicely into the beginning of chapter three. So here's our another loophole with getting more verses with verse three seventeen <laughs> is that it says if you have been raised with Christ. So I liked what you said about, you know, serving the Lord was literally if you were working in the church. Mm-hmm. But part of the New Testament is this idea that if you have been saved, whether you work in the church or not, your actions are serving God. So again, at the beginning of chapter three, it says, if you have been raised with Christ, see things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, 
not on things that are on the earth. Yeah, I feel like it's really easy to get caught up in the mundane tasks. Like if I worked for library services for a while back in the day and edging books, which <laughs> is it's a, you just push the books to make them pretty on the shelf and just you're edging. So you the push books. them so that the you spines. push them to the front and the spines are all at the front, even with the edge mm-hmm. of the counter, the little shelf. I'm sure people do this in their homes, and you just never knew that was also called edging. Come to my house, you'll see all the edged books. <laughs> but it looks nice, yay, whatever. But it is whatever you do, no matter how mundane it is. Or, I mean, the mom thing gets played a lot. Like I'm changing diapers all day long. Yes, you are. Good job. Do it for the Lord. Or if your job is to help correct people at work or whatever thing it is, then do do it how Jesus would. Yes, I love that example too because the book end. Oh, look how we're tying it all together. Classic. Towards the end of chapter three, it says, "Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than the people." So when I, if you're the mom that's changing the seventh poopy diaper of the day. At the front. Sure, you are doing it for the child who can't do it for themselves. But as you're gagging, just know that even that (laughs) is serving the Lord by loving your child well. Or maybe Mm -hmm. you can't stand your boss at all. Yep. Or you're working with a client who is not grateful and like the hardest person to work with. The way you serve and perform whatever task it is, if you can't bring yourself to do it for them, <laughs> yes, remind yourself that you are not doing it for them. You are doing it for the Lord. Well, and that goes back to the wise advice of always do your best. That's where we're pulling this from. When people are like, always do your best. It's good to always be your best. Do your best. You're right. that You're pulling that from Colossians. Thank you for quoting scripture this whole time. It's whatever you do. It doesn't matter what it is. Tying your cleats up. Ready to play for the Lord. So part of the read section of the read, pray, talk, tell is pulling those verses from the beginning and end of chapter. And then 317 is right in the middle. Coincidence? I think not. Look at you, Farron, little Bible researcher, you. Well, let's move on to pray. Okay. So how can we pray through this verse, Brooke? In whatever you say or do. <laughs> We all have that coworker who is a whiner or a complainer, or we have that friend and that they've just got that thorn in their side and it it's there to stay. Just like Paul had a thorn in his side, it is there to sit stay. So I've got to find a way to gracefully face it and we can help not drag our friend along, but sometimes we do need to drag them. But in a in a way that represents God, hey, I know this is awful and we're just gonna pray through it, pray pray for grace that I can Walk through this life with grace. I can, I can be rejected gracefully, or I can have the thorn in my side with grace. Or sometimes it could be a family member. And I point this out because I feel like there's a lot of advice out there about boundaries and cutting people out of your life. But I also want to recognize that there are real situations where it could be unavoidable. It could be co-parenting from a divorce. Sure. It could, again, be any type of family member that you're going to see at every family gathering. Your kids' in-laws. Yeah, I mean... It could be anything that you're connected to that you've... That relationship's not changing. So what needs to change is you and your heart. Yeah, so sometimes... There are boundaries and you can cut people off, but the reason I give the family examples, to some extent, I always think of the inevitable, probably really not able to cut people out kind of situation. Yeah. Like you mentioned, a boss or a coworker. There are people that we cannot get 
we can't escape from necessarily. So how are we interacting with them? Because it, it says whatever you do, not just I'm going to go do my job well, but part of your job is interacting with other people too. So how are you going to interact well that represents God? And in those situations, you're going to need some prayer. Oh, yeah. And not just you actively praying for your heart posture, but also praying for your enemy in yes, this situation. Yes, absolutely. And of course, we love intercession for mm-hmm. each other. So it, if you're like, yeah. I cannot think one positive way through this, that's what your friends are for. Yep. And our job is to make heaven crowded. Our job is to recruit for Jesus. So if that means we go and we be a good representative for the Lord to this enemy or to whomever, ultimately, we want them to cross the line of faith too. So we've got to make them want to join our team, right? Not be rude or ugly to them. Absolutely. Easier so, said than done. Praying, if what's the phrase? Like, have you prayed about it more than you've complained about it? Ugh, yep. Yeah. That, I mean, easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, we want to do our best, as you mentioned. And, man, resolution would be great. Mm-hmm. Okay, so praying for the situation or person or circumstance. would It probably seems straightforward and simple, but... Again, the reflection of, ha- mm-hmm. but have you been praying for it more yeah. than you've been complaining? And the back of the half of the verse says, give thanks through him, through him to God the Father. So we're also still reiterating that gratitude. If Paul is reiterating it this much, I feel like he has a ton. Every verse we've talked about pretty much is like, also be thankful. Here's gratitude. Be thankful and grateful. So we need to be constantly doing that too, because whatever we're doing on this side of heaven is hopefully making us, it's sanctifying us. Do you think he is subtly like, it could be worse, you could be in prison. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody stop whining. Yeah, maybe. I mean, not to give it away, but I believe it's the last, yes, it is in chapter four. It's not one of our verses, but 18, he says, remember my chains. Mm. And so I Googled just, remember my chains from Colossians verse, uh, yeah, 18. And there's different commentary on it. And I think that's interesting. Yeah. So he's telling us the whole book, like he just pointed out, being thankful. And so remember my chains. I think he's just saying, like, there are people fighting that good fight. He's living out, do everything as a representative for the Lord. This is how you participate. He is in prison Mm -hmm. in a crummy situation. Yep. And he is still living it out and having lots of thanks. Yep. Read, pray, talk. Talk. How do we do this with our friends? I put on our notes here, identifying your why. Why? Well, are you doing it to glorify yourself or to glorify God? Ooh, that's a good one, Farron. A little gut check there. It hurts really bad. (laughs) Yeah. Are we doing it to be showy or are we pointing back, give thanks through him to God the Father. So I'm doing this thing, I'm representing God, and I'm giving God the thanks for letting me even be a part of the narrative. Am I frustrated because I want to people please and I'm working hard at this job mm-hmm. and I get no like acknowledgement or respect? Well, who are you trying to please, your boss or God? And would yeah. God Oof. be pleased with what you're doing? And then can you find satisfaction in that? And not things of this world. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's good, Farron. Yeah, you know, I might have that Ooh. struggle from time to time, which is why I just can, you know, rattle it it's off. Fresh, fresh on the mind. Yeah. <laughs> Read, pray, talk, tell. Tell. So, 
For our listeners that follow along, we are coaches. Yes, and we athletes. are athletes. Between us, we have six teams currently we're coaching, right? Uh, yeah. No, five? Too many to count. Some some teams count as two. I think six. <laughs> and then if you count basketball, uh-huh. seven. Many. Many. All the all the teams. We're coaching all the teams. But sportsmanship, which is not only when you win. Yep. It's also when you lose. Yep. Especially if you lost and you thought you should have won. Especially if you lost and... To that I, person. Yes. I think what's hard, too, with my kiddos, especially on my older team, is they are observant of refs. Yeah. And they've probably heard it and pointed out. But now they're the ones that are quick to blame the refs. And while I do believe they play a big factor in some games, I always tell them that we have to be good enough that no matter what the refs call, that we're still going to win. You have Absolutely. to be better than the other team and... The referees, which Leave are no teams. doubt. Leave no doubt what the score should be. And for all those that are offended, let, let me tell you. I was a referee up to U18 competitive classic league soccer in Ugh. DFW. I had to officiate some really hard games. So I have all the sympathy for referees. And then some, you just confuse me. I am left baffled. Mm. But I love you anyways because Jesus said, Listen, it's a job I don't want to do. I only refed one season, and I said, I am out. This job is awful. Yeah. Everyone hates me. Yeah. Which also, hey, a lot of these refs are kids. Look at them. Would you want your kid to be yelled at like you were yelling at that small child? Stop that. Yeah. Oy. Good sportsmanship to kids and parents. <laughs> Model, everyone. I like how you also wrote down fair and that it's what you do when no one is watching. That integrity piece there. I'm starting to use that word more with my kids. Integrity. Be a woman of your word. Be a man of your word. If you are going to do it, make sure you do it then. And you do it well. Not sloppy Joe. I think that's a good example of am I doing something to please someone else or please God? Because if you're doing it when no one's around, that's good evidence that you're doing it to please God. Ooh, that's a good little, hey, did we do our best even when no one was looking? Yes or no? Okay, then that seems like it's, you're working for the Lord. But I, I know, like, if, if a kid picked up a piece of trash and they didn't know I was watching and I would, as a teacher, you know, compliment them or let them go get a, a prize. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. For the next 20 minutes, every little speck of trash. <coughs> oh, yes. As all I the attention. They'd come show me the trash. And then I'd be like, okay. And then they're Thank standing you. there like, uh-huh. but, uh, yeah. So I think Oof. that that's a good way and even for us as an adult, mm-hmm. am I serving the Lord or trying to get the approval of others? Mm-hmm. And right now, our kids' job is to go to school and do it well to the best of their abilities. So on those days, I don't want to go to school. I know. But we're supposed to do whatever we do, do it for the Lord. So that's get in the car well. Be, in, be good in the car. Be great at school. Everything you're doing, you're representing God. Okay, growing up. My parents always said, my parents were principals in the district that I went to school in, and they would always tell me and my brother, whatever you're doing, just know that eyes are always watching you, not in a bad way, not like trying to catch you, whatever, but they know that you're an Adams kid, so the second you're out of line, I know I'm going to get five phone calls from someone seeing you in the neighborhood or whatever. The point is, being you're representing someone, and it matters. I think that's a good story, too, because sometimes it feels... That Christians are quickly called out by non-believers. Like Mm -hmm. non-believers are always waiting and looking to say, see, 
I told you. Yes, and point out how unperfect we are, which hopefully we as believers are not claiming to be right. uh, perfect only through Jesus Christ. But yes, so I think that's a good story to tell that, you know, there's some pressure by, you know, being a child of God and mm-hmm. having to live that out every day. Yeah, leverage the pressure for good. Okay, so that concludes episode 207 of the Colossians mini-series featuring verse chapter 3, verse 18, and some others. Yes. <laughs> I tiptoed into the next one. I got excited making that connection. <laughs> How dare you? I guess maybe if you want to get ahead, some bonus points would be go ahead and read chapter 4. Which is not a bad way to approach scripture mm-hmm. and your reading practice. If you know, like tonight, I'm not getting anything done by the time I pick kids up. We are gone through bedtime. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's good strategy. Look at that. Hey, Brooke. Hey, Farron. Did you know? What did, I, what did I not know or know? We have an email newsletter. We sure do. Did you know that people find our podcast encouraging and entertaining? You know, I had, a, I had an inkling. Yeah, maybe. and sometimes they want more. Yes. And, and at this point in time, we have one podcast a week, but if you want a little more of the action, you can sign up for our email newsletter subscription yeah all you got to do is just go to our website and you'll see a little pop-up and it says hey but it's also giving you a free thing so it's our our memorization strategies for some scripture is what our current free thing is so just go to wittyandgritty.blog it'll pop up it's in the margins it's at the bottom wherever you want to sign up and you'll get a weekly email from us with what's going on for the week and things you can be praying for and how to share this episode with other people. Yeah, so if you've noticed, Brooke is great at recalling scripture. Not just the verse, but also where it's located in the Bible. So All the times. So I'm Googling a lot, too. Yes, but her techniques are shared with you for free in exchange for our emails. And let me just tell you, the subject lines alone are hilarious. Thanks, Baron. Yes, so <laughs> if you would like more of this action for free, in your inbox. You don't have to go find it. Sign up for that newsletter. Hooray! We'll see you next week. Bye!